Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. We're going to go right now to Brazil to get an update and a report from Brazil. Our good friend is a journalist there, among many other talents. Uh, Yarbis Aragao is on with us. It's very late in Brazil, but he's willing to stay on with us. And uh, Jarvis, give us an update of what's happening since the election happened about what, 16 days ago or so. The election was, I think it was. And tell us what has happened in the election and what's been happening since the election and the status right now. Good evening, Jim and Rosemary. It's a pleasure to be here again and share a little bit with my brothers and sisters throughout the world about what was going on in Brazil. I don't know how much you know about our system here. We had uh, national elections about two weeks ago, and Jair Bolsonaro is the incumbent. He's trying to get reelected, and he also got people voting for Congress and Senate and uh, governors in all states. And there's a, a majority of, we don't have the same system in the United States. We have multiple uh, political parties here. But like we say here in Brazil, we're leaning to the right. We're becoming more and more conservative as time goes by, getting more Congress and uh, congressmen and senators uh, elected that actually share the values that we, we hold dear. Mo many of them are, are evangelical Christians because you know we're uh, more than a third of the population and you're also are climbing on this political mountain here and getting many pastors and people there were raised in church, uh, elected, and they're defending the values of family, of faith. And then it was a big surprise for some people to see that even though in many states, the governors that were supported by Bolsonaro got elected, and the majority of senators and congressmen that were supported by Bolsonaro belonged to his country, got elected, and he lost the election. So our system here is uh, electronically uh, made, you know, you know, the votes, you get into a machine and you have to punch on the numbers and then they send this information uh, through the internet and everybody knows what happens, you know, with the hackers and systems that get invaded. So for 20 plus years, there has been a national debate, either if you can trust or not uh, the system and most people believe that the system is rigged. Uh, in parallel, what everything is going on the political side, we have a big, huge problem in our Supreme Court. The Supreme Court decided that you cannot say anything about the election. If I go on on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube and I say something against them or even mention that the election was rigged, the I can be suspended. I have my 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 public uh, public uh, social media accounts taken from me. People cannot see what I say, and some people even got arrested because they're saying that these are fake news and it's a threat to national security. So if you're transmitting this to Facebook, and I'm not kidding here, I can get arrested or even have trouble for spreading something that in their opinion is not true. So this puts us in- Jarvis, let me break in and alert you. We are on Facebook. I don't, okay. want, to get you, I don't want to get you in trouble. You got uh, the picture. What's that? 
you got the picture. But, okay, we're running on Facebook right now, uh, restream there. So I, I want you to be aware of that because I don't want to get you in trouble with uh, the government or others. Okay, let's let's focus on the facts then, if you don't mind. What yeah. happened is that uh, about half of the population in Brazil that are, are able to vote uh, cast their vote in Bolsonaro, and Lula is a well-known socialist that has been president uh, twice here in Brazil. And he was arrested some years ago on corruption charges. And then from some movements that happened, uh, he got released from jail and he said that he was going to run against Bolsonaro. And then uh, the margin was very, very small. It's less than 1%. So we got this uh, impression that there's about 50% of the population that want Bolsonaro as president and about 50% that do not want Bolsonaro as president. And when the results came out, uh, a, a portion of these people decided to take the streets. They're making this huge movement and people are protesting. They saying they want to recount the vote. Some people are, are asking you know, the generals to do something about it because we 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 were a, we are a country that was were ruled by generals for a long time and people have this sense of security that if the armed forces are into it you know they will not allow communism to win and for some people this is wishful thinking but there are lots of people that really believe that if they take their plea to to the military they would do something about it but uh, they already said, the, the generals that are in charge of Brazilian armed forces said they're not going to do anything about it. We're living in a democratic country, and what is done is done. So we should just carry on. And for these people, I, I cannot give you numbers because we really don't know, but uh, a couple hundred thousand people are on the streets waving flags. Many of them are praying. Many of them are Christians. Jarvis, we may be able to show the video. You sent me two videos. Okay. Uh, we might be able to show those if you want us to show them. Sure, sure. It, it's, it's, it's not mine, so. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alan, are we able to show what he sent me today? <clears throat> Jarvis, are you able to see the screen and see what's uh, coming yes. up? These are different cities, so have some context. And most of them, they're in front of headquarters. So they're asking the army, they're asking, you know, the generals do something about it. And some of them, they said they're not going to move until they get an answer. So they're being there for like two weeks in a row. Camping, uh, this movement is, became pretty common here. So saying that we are being censored, that we cannot see SOS is help us out, armed forces. So this is a complaint about Lula asking the army to help. Is so the TV, is your, TV uh, your TV stations and the media covering these great in the, first week, in the first weeks, yes, because uh, lots of, uh, of uh, roads here were blocked. They make road blockages throughout the country for about a week. They say that, you know, they would not give up 
until the Supreme Court did something about it, until the army did something about it, because they, they, they believe that this, there's something wrong with our system. So this was on national television, you know, they broadcasted, but after a couple of days, people start getting arrested because they were uh, not allowing people to have the liberty to go as they please. So the police got involved and, you know, most of, of the blockage stopped and they, they decided to go in front of the headquarters and ask the army to do something about it. But again, I'm not saying this is the best way, or this is the correct way. I'm just sharing what is happening right now. What has been the, I, I saw a note that you sent me earlier today that quite a, a lot of prayer movements across the country. Yes, uh, there are many pastors here that believe that we are facing a threat because, you know, throughout history, I'm not, I'm just quoting history here, uh, socialist and communist regimes were hard uh, on the church. And in Brazil, we got this, like I, told, uh, like I told you before, a growing uh, religious movement that was involved in politics. And the Workers' Party that, you know, what, to which Lula belongs to, they said they were going to stop that. They stopped what they call nonsense. And they decided to give a different narrative, trying to associate uh, the Jesus teachings with socialism. You probably heard that before. Yeah. And trying to say that if you're a real Christian, you cannot support what they call the far right. And they talk about things like uh, human rights and violations with, uh, you know, women's rights and stuff like that. But honestly, it's not new for us. The thing is that during uh, Workers' Party history, there were moments where they said they, you know, in Brazil, they should control the media. It's not me. I'm just sharing what Lula said, that they were supposed to, to, to be able, as you know, in, once they got into the government, to be able to control the media, and that includes social media. And there were lots of pastors that believe that they're going to have trouble with Lula since the majority of the pastors supported Bolsonaro. And even some of them went up on television and came forward asking people to vote for Bolsonaro. So Bolsonaro <coughs> uh, got strongly associated with uh, bishops and pastors because uh, he used to have prayer meetings at the, our version of the White House. So, you know, hundreds of, of pastors throughout these four years that Bolsonaro was, was in power were there to pray. And every time th this happened, the media showed like Bolsonaro was doing something that was not supposed to be done. They was mixing um, religion with politics. He was trying to uh, use religion for political gain. So this created a lot of tension within the church. But again, the majority of pastors are pro-Bolsonaro and believe that Lula is not going to be good for the church. Just to uh, make sure we're all on the same page, um, what you're hearing about is what happened in Brazil. Jair Bolsonaro was up for re-election. We had the privilege of meeting with him on two occasions. 
He is considered bold and courageous. He's considered the Trump of the tropics is the phrase that's used. He was a man when he ran four years ago, <clears throat> he was stabbed during the campaigning. It was actually videotaped of him being stabbed. He had many surgeries as a result of that. He had to run his campaign from flat on his back in a hospital bed from his cell phone and was miraculously elected. Prior to that, <clears throat> he had been in Israel, <clears throat> excuse me, with his wife, was baptized in the Jordan River. As he came up out of the Jordan River, he felt he heard the voice of the Lord say, you're going to be the president of Brazil. They had just gotten word that Lula had gone to prison for corruption at that time. He had been in office previously. And sure enough, in spite of being stabbed, in spite of not being able to campaign normally, he was elected. We had the privilege of being with him just before he was inaugurated. He was still having surgeries at that point for the stabbing. <clears throat> One of the friends in our organization, <clears throat> we traveled together, about five or six of us, gave him a tallit, a Jewish prayer shawl. He put it on. He wore it the entire time. He didn't just receive it and set it aside. He kept it on the entire time, took a picture with us. <clears throat> we purposely did not post any pictures of our meeting with him because we didn't know if that would be of harm to him. <clears throat> but he posted it immediately, wearing the tallit. And I remember within 24 hours, it had something like 634,000 likes or whatever and responses to it, very positive. But we were with him again a year ago, was it a year ago? Yeah. Right now, it was in December. Yeah. I was back there in December <clears throat> and met with him briefly. And he was pretty quiet as a group of us prayed for him. And then when he finally spoke, he said very slowly these words, the cross is heavy. And there was a long pause. I could tell he um, was feeling very much under the pressure. I, I stepped over beside him to, to greet him. And I, I have a habit of, you know, kind of put my hand on the back. And I was supposed to touch elected official. I forgot that. But there I, I could feel an extremely thick um, a, a, a jacket you know, bulletproof vest <clears throat> around him. This man was threatened rather continuously. Lulu is, a, is a, a socialist, or maybe I should say communist. I'll let Jarvis clarify that one. But the, the, the concern here, here's Brazil that is half of, half of South America, basically. And it could go the way of Venezuela very quickly is, is the concern. Let me stop there. And Jarvis, you give any color commentary what I said or correct if I've said something incorrect, you uh, correct it, please. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty much sums it up. The thing is that we have uh, at least two examples what may come to Brazil. One in the up, uh, northern region, that's our neighbor Venezuela, like you said. Like Chavez uh, became. Uh, president and he said he was going to make everybody equal and after a couple of years he make everybody equally poor so tons of uh, venezuelans are crossing the border and coming to brazil or going to uh, other countries that are uh, neighboring countries because they were starving there's not even no there are no jobs or even food for most of them and uh, in the southern part we have argentina uh, that is ruled 
by uh, Fernandez, that is a very close friend uh, with, with Lula. And in Argentina is slowly becoming a, 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 a new Venezuela, like we say here in Brazil, because they have this perception, I don't know if you guys heard about it, that you know the whole South America should be as one. They call La Gran Patria, and they believe that we're we come from the same background, we have similar values, similar culture, and we should get together and you know just tear down the borders, have the same money, have the same system. And for that to happen, you know, they're all supposed to be socialists because you know this is a, a, a left-wing perception of, of things. So I'm not comparing here with the European Union. I'm comparing here with the um, system that they have in the Soviet Union. And wow! That, now that's quite a that's quite a statement you just made. This is not a European Union coalition. This is a USSR kind something of something like that. And times are different, but if I had to compare, would be wow. closer <clears throat> to 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 USSR. So the thing is that a lot of people are afraid of that. Why? Because our economy is more stable than most of these nations. And if they change the money, if they, 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 they mix up the economy, like it's already happening, dollars coming up, going up, and everything is getting more uh, expensive, including food, because we don't produce everything that we eat, or for example, uh, a telephone, we don't produce that most of it. So we have to import so, uh, so, many, uh, uh, <clears throat> so much of this stuff that we buy here that is an international market. Everything is, the prices are set on dollars. So we got this uh, understanding that with Lula, uh, we're not gonna have a stable economy the next four years. And again, I'm just sharing what's going on. Many people believe that if we don't do something now and look in Lula um, changes the, the things that he wants to change in the economy, we may become a, a, a nation closer to a socialism regime within four years. We are deeply concerned. We fell in love with Brazil and we were there. We were there twice in the same year. And then uh, some of your wonderful people down in Brasilia translated my book, a uh, publisher into Portuguese, my book, Well Versed. It has an unusual title. I can't remember the, the title's not well versed in. It has a different no. title. Uh, it was so intriguing, the title they chose. I can't remember it right now. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, and so our heart really belongs there. I had the privilege of going back a second time and teaching a number on government principles, biblical government principles. We're going to pray right now. Uh, Janine Brabham, would you, um, would you come on video and audio and we're going to have you pray. You're there in Colombia, South America. You're yeah, way away. Yeah. Well, what'd you say, Jarvis? Yeah, yeah. I had two things that I'd like to share, if, if you don't mind. Yes. Okay. First of all, your book is called Don't Be Manipulated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They didn't call it well-versed. They call don't it be a puppet. Don't be manipulated. Don't be a puppet. <laughs> that's, that's really quite creative. Yeah, the cover. Yeah, the cover. You know, gives this idea of being a puppet. Okay. Second thing is that believe that I should share that because I'm also a pastor and I'm giving you the perspective 
a political perspective. On a spiritual perspective, there is something that maybe you are aware, maybe you're not aware. About three years ago, a number of pastors uh, from Brazil and from outside Brazil start prophesizing that Brazil would face a civil war. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is it's hard to share because, you know, prophecy, you, you, you got to have a lot of understanding and not be carried away. But then this perspective came that we would, you know, have uh, people dying for political reasons. And then Bolsonaro was president and he had no signs that he would do anything like that. And so it didn't make any sense uh, a while ago. But then some people start having these dreams and visions and sharing them mostly on the internet. And until recently, an American pastor prophet said he saw a red dragon over Brazil. I sent you the link. I don't know if you had time to read it. If you know, if you have some time, I would like you to later on. And what we as a as church, as we as spiritual beings understood that we had this spiritual war and the future of our nation you know was and at like, like like we say here in brazil was at the uh, had a target on its back satan was aiming for brazil so that's why you see so many people praying on the streets that's why you see so many people uh, begging god to intervene somehow and change the future because we don't want blood we don't want to see people dead we don't want to see the church persecuted we don't want to see you know bad things happening to our nation so uh, many people believe that this is the time where the church has to stand up so that's why you have so many people on the streets for two weeks now and they're saying they're not moving until something happens some of them quote Daniel, and I don't have to, to quote Daniel here. Everybody knows about, you know, struggling with the angel, asking God to send a, a stronger angel to the nation. So uh, if we're going to pray, I believe that we should, you know, share the same perspective. As a pastor, I can tell you, yes, it's, it's, it's at, Brazil is at a crossroad, and we believe that something pretty good can come out of it if the church understand its role and you know unite and keep praying fasting and asking god and at the same time we fear that if some of these prophecies are true we're going to face a hard time uh, in the next months or maybe years wow you've been listening to jarvis aragao with an incredible presentation from Brazil. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you lead in prayer for your country first? Then uh, Janine Brabham, uh, from there in South America, you, you lead second uh, and, and pray over, over this country. Dear God, I thank you for the opportunity of being here with friends, brothers, sisters through all the world. And as we unite in prayer, I ask you again, to give us guidance, to show us as church what's next, what we should do, because the, the politicians, they lie and, and they keep feeding us with bad info, and a lot of people are desperate. But we 
are assured that in Christ we have hope. Give us as church the opportunity to share this hope with the people that believe that the worst is coming. And people are praying, and I'm praying too, and now there are people from other countries praying with us for you to come over Brazil and help us win this war. You have a plan for the nations. We believe that, we understand that. And God, you're a specialist. When people of Israel had nowhere to go, they turned to you and you opened the Red Seas. You gave them victories over battles that humans could not win. You are our general, and I believe that. And as church, as part of the Brazilian church, I pray and I ask you to bless us with wisdom, with strategy, with uh, spiritual understanding what's really going on. There's so many there are so many voices. There's so much confusion. People are, are getting arrested. People are getting threatened. But I believe that the Holy Spirit can guide us and lead us for a better future. I pray over Brazil. I ask for your blessing for your people that live in this nation, so we can see that the mighty hand of God once again is with us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Janine. Oh, Lord Jesus, I just thank you that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in pulling down strongholds. We want to just, in Jesus' name, bring down the strongholds of the enemy in Brazil. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you will destroy the, the, wep the weapons of the evil one. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you will reveal, you'll pull back from deception that is, that is, and all the deception that has happened in the elections, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the church in Brazil. And we just pray, I pray especially for the church in Brazil. I pray for the pastor. Thank you for Pastor Jarvis. And Jesus, I pray that you would strengthen them in the inner man by the Holy Spirit. Give them great wisdom in this critical hour in Brazil. Lord Jesus, the, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And so, Jesus, we take kingdom authority and ask you to intervene supernaturally in the nation of Brazil. And we just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would strengthen your, your church, strengthen the believers in Brazil in a, in a special way in this, this dark hour that the nation's facing. And we want to believe, Jesus, for you to work, that Satan cannot get this continent. He thinks, if, he thinks that he can take the continent of Latin, Latin America. But, Jesus, we just ask you that you would move in such a powerful way that, that it, it, there'll be no other explanation but God himself that has stepped into this situation. And so we give you praise tonight because you're on the throne and you rule and you reign and you rule over the nations. And Lord, you do not want the evil to rule in the nation. So Jesus, we thank you that we have, we can come boldly in the name of Jesus Christ and believe you for great and mighty things because you ask your people, call upon me and I will answer. And we thank you, God, that you're going to answer in a way that we could not even begin to imagine. And so we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for the covenant you made with Yair, Messiah, my Messiah, Bolsonaro. Father, that as he came out of the waters of baptism, God, he accepted the, cha the challenge, the admonition, the opportunity to run for office and to be used by you to save his nation, to deliver his nation from evil. 
Father, just as Yeshua was baptized in that water, you blessed him as an obedient son. And today, this week, Father, as every Jew is reading Genesis 22, they see the and read of the message of the father's love for his son. But God, they see the obedient son who is willing to give his life, even as Isaac was willing to give his life to obey his father. So has Yair, Messiah, Bolsonaro, given his life, which we witness personally, he carrying the cross for his nation, as you have called him. So as his covenant defender, mighty God, Lord God of heaven's armies, captain of the host, Yeshua, yourself, come to the rescue of this precious man of God, of his precious nation of Brazil. Father, your people are there, your Sephardim, those expelled during the Inquisition seeking refuge in South America. Father, you know each and every one and their identities are precious to you. Save your people, Israel. Save your people, Brazil. We cry out for mercy. We cry out, Father, that after three days, there will be a resurrection. That after three days, Father, you will raise up the rightful ruler of this nation and vindicate your purposes for the nation of Brazil and answer to the cry of your people. Father, bring justice and deliver them from evil. By the blood of Yeshua, by the blood of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. By the way, his, his middle name is Messiah. She wasn't just inserting that. That's actually his qualified middle name. Uh, Jarvis, we so appreciate you. <clears throat> We've been with you down there twice. And to get to reconnect with you now means a lot. It was a pleasure. For giving your, it's late in the night for you in, uh, in Brazil. So thank you, my brother. Uh, for, for being with us. My pleasure. God bless you. Thanks for being with us in prayer. Be strong and have good courage. We'll continue Amen. to support you in prayer. We may have you back for another report, update. Thank you so much. Whenever you need. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.